Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Are Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out will remind every student that they were made for more simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes, or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus, and we're here to help with that. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Welcome. I am so glad that you are here. And for those of you who haven't met me yet, I'm Sammy. So let me take a few minutes and introduce myself to you guys. I'm going to be the host of the You Were Made For More podcast. So You'll be hearing my voice a lot. Um, I'm also the author of a youth ministry resource called Abundant Life You Were Made For More. And what it does, it it aims to equip youth leaders, engage teens, and partner with parents on topics that most churches historically actually shy away from talking about. So I want to take the next 20 to 30 minutes today to share with you what the You Were Made For More podcast is all about and as well as who I am because you guys are going to be hearing my voice a lot. So I figured, you know, you should probably know who I am, what I'm about, what I love, all of those things. So it is really crazy that I'm even sitting here recording this podcast right now because when I was 15... Let me just tell you guys, you would have voted me least likely to spend my free time hanging out with teenagers and definitely least likely to grow up and talk about God. But when I was 18, the the Lord met me at a summer camp and I realized that I wanted a relationship with him. And since that point, my life has been very very different and it's changed quicker than sometimes I feel like I can actually keep up with. That being said it's been a long journey of me understanding the scriptures understanding who Jesus is and it's always going to be a journey that's what Christianity is and I think part of my heart for this is that I want you guys to know that Christianity is a journey and and that your walk with Jesus will not be like a linear progression on a graph but it's gonna be like a roller coaster with lots of highs and lows and understanding how to live Like the Bible says and like Jesus says when we're in this culture that's immersed with things that are not of of God. So that being said, this is my favorite part. I'm so excited to share with you guys kind of a Spark Notes version of who Sammy is. Um, and, And just so you know what I'm about. So one... I am super passionate about relationships. I 
believe that God made them. He ordains them. And he truly wants us to discover his best within them. Second, I kind of mentioned this already, but I love teenagers. All of my free time is spent with them, and I love every second of it. I actually started leading student ministry shortly after I became a Christian myself. So I kind of jumped in head first, as one of my mentors would say, but I haven't gotten out of it yet. So <laughs> we're still in, in the phase of loving it, but... Three, oh, the most exciting one. At the time that this podcast is released, I actually am going to be a few days away from marrying uh, the best person I know, my best friend. Um, that's also crazy to say, but um, my fiance's name is Juan, and he will be my husband a few days after this is released, which is crazy. We met on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. He's actually a youth pastor in the Pittsburgh area, and we share a lot of similar passions. And we live and do ministry in a little rural town uh, called Waynesburg, and we love it there. And this is just going to be my shameless plug to all my ladies out there that I just want to encourage you to keep the bar of of your standards when it comes to dating. Keep it where it is. Um keep it right where it is because that is the best thing that I ever did and I'm so happy that I did that because it led me to my relationship with my future husband and I just want to encourage you and tell you that I see what you're doing I'm proud of you for keeping that bar where it is and I'm cheering for you and now on to the fun part um, I also am I an identical twin sister. My twin sister's name is Michelle. We call her Mish, though. But Mish and I actually did not speak English until we were five years old, which is so fun. We had this twin language that happens in like 2% of twins. It's called cytophagia. Google it. You'll learn all about it. But English is technically my second language, which is like pretty dope if I don't say so myself. Um, and five, the fifth thing you need to know about me is if you want to be my friend, if you want to connect with me on a spiritual level, bring me some coffee from Starbucks because that is definitely one of my love languages. Um, so those are five things about me that I hope kind of personalizes this a little bit. And now I want to jump in to talking to you about abundance because this is an idea that I heard about actually the same week that I met Jesus I heard about this idea that if I believe in Jesus if I live for him I also get to live for abundance so as I said my heart is for teenagers and my heart is also for abundance and I believe that the Lord wants me to do my part in making sure that every single person that he loves has has the opportunity to experience and receive that abundance but before you even accept it you have to understand what it's all about before you can receive it I have a deep passion for empowering young men and women like you to be who you were created to be because 
when I discovered that I was a daughter of the king, the endless and relentless pursuit of building my identity from things that would never satisfy my soul came to a halt. I realized that I didn't have to look to the world to define me and that belief alone transformed every single decision I made, especially when it came to my relationships. So I believe that when you realize whose you are, you will discover who you are. I'm going to say that again because that's a phrase that you're going to hear us talk about a lot here on the You Are Made For More podcast. It's that when you discover whose you are, when you realize that you are a daughter or a son of the Most High God, you will realize who you are because he's invited into your soul to speak into your identity. There's a savior that died for you so that you may have life and have it abundantly. And I firmly believe that not only does God care about you, but he also cares about your relationships. So I've already given you a sneak peek at who I am, but I want to dig deeper for a minute if we can. And I hope that someday I get the opportunity to share with you who I am in person. That's really where my heart is. I love Meeting people, building relationships, connecting with you in person. But until then, this podcast is a great medium for me to to talk to people all over the country. So I thank God for podcasting and for making this possible. So I share with you guys a little bit about my life growing up. The fact that I didn't have a relationship with Jesus I didn't know who he was and also this element to who I believed that I was because of what other people said about me. Because I had the disorder that's known as cytophagia, my life growing up looked a little bit different than most people's did from the outside and I've come to embrace now as a 23 year old woman the voice that has made me unique in other words also the voice that God gave me the voice that he decided to create me within his image that is just something that really has resonated with my soul is that God didn't make mistakes he didn't make any certain mistake when when he looked at you and when he formed you in your mom's womb he he just doesn't do that that's not part of his nature so that's something I've come to appreciate but when I was younger and I didn't know Jesus my outlook was much different mostly because Misha and I were different we weren't better or worse than anyone else we were just different and when you're a kid that makes you a target So without going into too much detail, let's just say that words have power. I think that's a fair statement that all of us can can agree with and can resonate with all of us, right? The, The words of others deeply affected who I was growing up, who I came to see myself as, and what I thought I was worth. I never believed that I was good enough, and unfortunately, a lot of experiences that I had with other other peers my age and also um, 
adults growing up reiterated that belief and even today I've had experiences that continually reiterate that belief that that I have to fight in my spirit to to believe that I am who God made me to be on purpose and that that my identity is in him and not in how I perform or for me it specifically looks like in in what my voice sounds like now there are still times when I dread meeting new people because I know that the first question they're gonna ask me will be why do you talk like that and and there are still times when I want to hide what it is that makes me different but the good news is and what I want to highlight in my testimony is the work that Jesus has done and that's what a testimony is it's it's where Jesus meets us and what he does in the midst of our brokenness and that's what I've come to learn is when Jesus met me when I was 18 he gave my story meaning purpose and value therefore my life is about him it's to glorify him it's because of him and it is all about him I've learned what it means to own my own story. A large part of my career actually involves me speaking to large groups on a regular basis. I actually go into high schools and teach about relationships. So if you would have told me I'd do that when I was in high school, I would have probably vomited on you if I'm being honest because the idea of speaking up in front of a group of more than five people used to terrify me. Like, I'm not even kidding. I was the kid in class that would pray that I would not be called on to even answer a simple question in class. And I would hide in the back and keep my eyes down so that the teacher wouldn't call on me. But what I've come to, to appreciate is that speaking allows us all to share our stories to share what God has done in our life and and to share that every single person is indeed valued seen and loved and the Lord has written a beautiful narrative in my heart showing me that who he created me to be is perfect so that's what I believe I have a responsibility to share with other people your thing might be different than mine but I do believe that we all have a responsibility to to work hard for people, to fight for people, to fight for the abundant life that, that we have the ability to choose freely. My story makes me who I am. Your story makes you who you are. So I know that I I can say this with great certainty and absolute honesty that I didn't fully know who I was before I met Jesus. And often I fall back into this place where I was before I knew my true worth. Desperately searching for affection and digging temporary wells that I hope will fill me up but they never seem to do the trick and it's in those moments that I'm reminded why God has called me to the work that he has about identity specifically with teenagers I do this work because I believe that every teenager needs to hear that they are worthy that they are loved and that they are worth more 
than enough, but but they're never too much. Every teenager deserves to know that they were made for more than the world tells them that they are. And that's our mission here. That's the mission of this show. That's what everything we talk about will be based on. Throughout the weeks, you guys are going to hear from different guests. Some of which will be personal friends of mine who have their own stories that are just beautifully written by the Lord that I think will speak to you. Some about different relational topics and some of them will be experts about those topics that I am a huge fan of the work that they do and I believe that that they will bless you and what they have to say. But all of the topics we talk about will center around the partnership between identity and relationships because they're so closely related. Who we believe that we are or our identity is what controls every action and decision we make as we go throughout our day. So relationships really are at the core of who we are. And when we fail to help others understand how to navigate how relationships and the things that go along with them, like sex, fit into the broader category of life, we are failing people, I think. And and we're also failing the God who created relationships to be a deep, bountiful gift for us. So the resource that I developed called Abundant Life, You Were Made For More, and then this podcast too, is being developed to educate students about healthy relationships, sexuality, dating, and decision making, while also covering really hard topics like pornography addiction, identity, social media usage, loneliness, depression, and suicide, but all circling back to the ultimate redemption found only in Jesus. So my experience in youth ministry has shown me that when teenagers know what they are worth and whose they are, they will be more inclined to live for Jesus following his commandments or his imperatives in the Bible the the things that he tells us and commands us to do when we understand our identity and what God says about us or indicatives as they're referred to in the Bible we're gonna be more likely to live into the abundance that we get when we follow his imperatives so before we wrap up I want to just take a quick few minutes and talk to the parents who are listening and let you know that I deeply admire you. Uh, Raising your children in this culture is no small task, especially when it comes to the status of the culture that is around us. I've had conversations with parents when, you know, they ask me what I do, what I'm passionate about, what kind of ministry I'm involved in, and They tell me that they don't want to start teaching their kids about this stuff too early. They fear that they might do more harm than good when bringing up sensitive topics that may be more mature than their children are ready for. So I want to take a moment and speak to that. Because if I'm honest, I always 
leave those conversations with a saddened heart. I'm not really sure what else to do other than to pray for a heart change to happen in those moments because the fact of the matter is that primary biblical authority has been given to parents on teaching their students about sex and relationship education. That's just how God hardwired the creation. So I have a hard time pushing and digging deeper. But sometimes deep in my soul, I, I'm instructed by God to go out of my comfort zone and push because I know that my heart is for teenagers. My heart is for them to grow up in a gospel-centered environment in which they can wrestle with questions pertaining to their sexuality. Think about this. My feelings see rotten situations as absolutely unnecessary and hurt as just a really unfortunate part of life. But my soul, if it has an eternal viewpoint, can see those things as a growing for a, a sort of Lisa Turkers, who works for Proverbs 31 Ministries. She's a great author. Um, I'm reading her new book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, and it's about disappointment in our lives. I'll link it in the show notes for you guys. But she says that, that both of those perspectives are very real. The feelings and the faith perspective are very real, but they yank us in different directions all of the time. And that's where wrestling comes in. To wrestle well means acknowledging my feelings, but moving forward, letting faith lead the way. And that's how Lisa Turgers describes it. And I think that's a great definition for our purposes. So I want teenagers to be able to do that, to acknowledge their feelings, but also move forward with their questioning and faith. The last thing that I want is for a child to feel isolated, like they can't turn to their parents because the conversation hasn't been brought up before, because their youth leader hasn't talked to them about what the Bible says about this stuff. And I've met so many teens who feel like the only option that they have is to turn to the internet, which will 100% lead them in a direction that is damaging for their heart. So to be honest, as a parent, I believe that you should push on these topics regularly from an early age because your children's lives are at stake. Their lives depend on it. Now, you may say, Sammy, sexuality is not the same as their lives, but I disagree. I think that how we express ourselves sexually is very much linked to the condition of our hearts and our souls, and I think that scripture reiterates this point. Sexuality is so freely discussed and accessible in our culture today that it has in essence become our children's identities. Who they decide that they are in middle school between the ages of 10 to 12 will determine decisions they make, the people they are willing to be in relationship with, and what they believe that they are worth. 
So my grounds for saying this are not rooted in my opinion. They are rooted in scripture. And I encourage you, if you're not sure whether or not you agree with me, go and open your Bible and seek what the Lord says about these things. Because that's what first lit my soul on fire for this work. In scripture, we aren't just told to avoid sexual immorality. We are told to flee from it because it is harmful and hurtful and sexuality has power when it's used in its original context, which we're going to talk about in, in other episodes about what the original context for sex was, but that power has the ability to sustain and nurture and heal marriages. But when it's abused and used exploitatively, it alters, changes, and destroys the people who fall victim to it. So I plant my feet in the fact that our children's lives are at stake when their sexuality is attacked. So is it incredibly uncomfortable to start the narrative about topics like sex and pornography? Yes, saying that sex should be safe for marriage and leaving it at that is easier and less messy from the outside point of view. And yes, it is nicer to think that our kids aren't looking at pornography or thinking about or possibly even having sex. But the scary truth is that our kids already know about sex and pornography because unfortunately we live in an over-sexualized culture. So whatever we leave the conversation and end the conversation about sexuality as Sex is to be safe for marriage. We unintentionally make sex into a taboo subject. It becomes a mystery, an unknown, and a curiosity. Talking about sex openly will arm our students with truth and answers and practical steps rather than leaving it at a mysterious thing that is wrong to talk about. So I do believe we need to begin to step up as the church and talk about these topics with our students because they will find the information elsewhere and that information will be corrupted, perverted, and false. That is in a 100% fact. A friend of mine who will be guest starring on the podcast eventually is a youth director at a church and she also struggled with pornography growing up and she asked me this question she said as a parent or a youth leader will you push past the uncomfortableness will you push past your own comfort and sacrifice your own comfort in an effort to disciple and love your kids or your students like Jesus has loved you and when she asked me that question that is why I, I believe in this. That's why I plant my feet on this subject. Because abundant life is all about freedom. And I am so pumped for you guys to join us on this journey of finding out what that looks like in your life and in your relationships. Because you were made for more. And I'm praying for you as you go throughout this next week believing that. So as we wrap up, and, and I just want to mention, if you liked what you heard today, 
I'd so appreciate it if you left a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're on. It will help the message of what we're talking about to spread further and it really expands the audience that we have the ability to speak to. So if you were encouraged by this or convicted by what you heard, I would just really love to read what your thoughts are. And if you don't want to write a review, all you have to do is click the little rating, give us a star rating. Um, that will also help. Also, if you have a guest that you would like to see on this podcast to share what the Lord is doing in their life, in their relationships, and how he has reframed the narrative around their identity or their dating or their sexuality, please send me their contact information. You guys can reach out to me at AbundantLifeYM at gmail.com. Another resource that... We create content every week on for you guys is our blog. And if you visit youwermadeformore.org, you're going to see a ton of articles about dating, sexuality, relationships, culture, um, hot topics. There's things for youth leaders, things for parents, things for students. There's, there's a lot of content on there that we make sure is up to date for you guys. So visit our blog at youwermadeformore.org to utilize that. But that about covers it for this week, guys. I am so thankful that you tuned in and joined us for this introduction episode, and I'm pumped for the series of episodes we're going to release, um, and I am super pumped for you to meet some people that really have encouraged me in their walk with God and how they've invited him into their relationship. So stay tuned for that, but other than that, we will see you next week.